These are the best questions that I got asked this week on the Dougster Bob discussion Q&A live stream. If you want me to answer your questions personally, just come by every single Friday at 11 a.m., drop a question, and I'll get you an answer. There's a lot of value packed into this episode, so take some notes, eat some popcorn, enjoy. Everything that you need to know about BMX, but in podcast version. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I think this is a question. I don't know. Hold on. Let's just put it on the screen. I had some good BMX this week. I tried again 20 inch against 22 inch top tube and I'm still not sure what I like more. In general, I like the 22 inch more, but it feels heavy because it's three pounds heavier. Along with that weight though, Noog, like you've got the 22 inch wheels, two inches of um, of the, the wheels are bigger. And so your wheelbase is going to be longer by that plus the top tube. So it's just going to be spread out a lot. Uh, and, and it's going to feel, I in my opinion, it's going to feel a lot harder to maneuver. But if you get used to it, then it's like, it's good. There's a guy that I know in, in Tucson who kills it on a 22 inch, like absolutely kills it about preference, but it is harder to to like master that. Um, so 2023 kinks should be, I don't know, normally they're around. Oh, hello. I disappeared off the screen. Um, anyway, that was crazy. Um, 2023 bikes kink normally come out around this time, March, April, May. Um, however, last year they released a 2022 line pretty late in the year. Everyone was behind. So yeah, kink, I'm not sure. I'd I'd want to say soon, like they're back on top of it and they're going to have them out pretty soon, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Sabrosa has their 2023 line out already. We the People's announced theirs, but it's not like it hasn't been sent to any any distributors yet. Should be a few months away and same with Sunday. So we have Kink out right now. We have Sabrosa out right now. We the People very soon. We have Sabrosa out right now. We have We the People out right now. We have Fit. Those are the three 2023 lines that are out. I'd say next would probably be Kink then Sunday and Colt usually come around the same time towards the, the middle of the year. That's my guesstimate. I had a decent relationship with Kink, but now we don't really, I don't know, with COVID, we, we didn't keep in touch. And then I was, then I made a video calling their bikes misleading. So I don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, hey, Kirk, thanks for shooting them a message and getting that information, man. That helps out a lot of people. Jared says, do Colony bikes cost less than the American brands down under? And uh, Kirk says, yes. And that's something I noticed too, that Colony for us is borderline overpriced, right? When I look at it and I look at the quality, I look at the price, it's like it's borderline overpriced. But these guys are saying they get them for very good prices. Like the premise is as low as 640 Australian where it's it's a little bit more here. So that's the same, I guess, what are the big, like we the people over there for you guys in the United uh, Kingdom or in Germany and around there, we the people bikes are gonna be more affordable than say Kink or Sunday, the United States brand. Louis says my bike is so heavy but I don't want to change it too much to get it lighter because I'm a street rider. What would you recommend to make a bike lighter? The uh, It's the same three things really. I think it's three things. I'm going to just send you links to them. Um, Lucas, God, Lewis, not Lucas. Tires are the number one, like bang for your buck, weight reduction thing. Stock tires that come on the bike are just, they're heavy, they're chunky, they're low PSI, they're awful. They're very awful. I ride demolition momentums. You can ride whatever you want. But the demolition, the reason for this, this isn't because I'm sponsored by demolition, but it's because they're like 25 bucks, 26 bucks, and they weigh only what, 16 ounces? 
ounces, 19 ounces, okay? You can't really find a tire with that weight unless you get a folding tire, which costs upwards of $40. And you don't wanna spend $40 per tire, that's $80 per wheel, that's crazy. So these are the tires that I ride. Uh, Lewis and I, that's the best bang for your buck uh, weight reduction thing the other ones like you can save a lot of weight on cranks but cranks are usually 150 to 200 dollars uh, wheels another thing you could save a lot of weight on wheels but again they're 250 to 400 dollars if you get the whole set yeah value wise tires are the best way to go you can save um, some weight with bars stems are usually chunky the stock stems are pretty chunky so let's do um one more i'm gonna send one more link the sunday freeze i ride it i've never broken them some people have but i've never had an issue with it but it's it's fairly light and it's very cheap. Yeah, it's only 10 ounces. Hope that helps you. Jesse says that it's $1,000 for a devotion hearing. I can never figure out why. That's literally, I mean, that's close to double the price of it here in the United States. And I feel bad for people in Canada because they have the same like budget, right? Let's say in the US, our budget, my budget would be five, $500 to $700. I could get some very good bikes. But if I was in Canada, my budget was $500 to $700. I could not get some very good bikes. And it's weird. And it's not like, it's important for you guys to know. It's not really that um, I, I don't think that the shops are just charging a ton of money um, to rip you guys off like i think what's happening is when they buy the stuff to sell they've got to pay import and duties and uh you know they've got to pay to the, the canadian government for that so therefore their cost on the stuff is a lot higher than it is for us in the u.s and so if you guys buy something from um the, the a united states dealer or, or a un united kingdom dealer i think you end up paying duties and taxes anyway so like you might save some money buying it from somewhere else where it's cheaper but then you spend that money again on the import tax and the VAT. I don't know VAT is in the UK I don't know if you guys have VAT in Canada but so I, I don't like I can't say this a hundred percent Jesse because I don't know for sure that that's not what's happening like that the shops aren't just charging insane margins but I doubt it I highly highly doubt it and I think a lot of it's just um, import taxes and their cost is higher than it is for our shops in the United States. Adele, welcome to the stream, Adele. Adele says, as an older rider, I stopped in 2002. He had a fishbone ninja. Does anyone know what a fishbone ninja frame is? I have no idea, but if you do, let me know. That sounds sick. Uh, with a 19.5 inch top tube and a 14 inch chainstay. He's 5'6". What top tube length should I aim for? Geometry is entirely different. That's funny. Yeah, I had this conversation with someone on <clears throat> a little bit ago because they're saying, well, the new chainstays are like, you know, 12.5, 12.75, 12.5. Uh, back in my day, they were over 14. You're going to notice, Adele, that this geometry is a lot easier to ride. Like I think BMW MX has progressed linearly with these geometry changes, so you're going to enjoy it more. Um, but at 5.6, you should ride probably like a 20.5. And um, so I'd go with 20.5 inch top tube length, and I'd stay around 13 inch chainstay just to balance it out. If you go 12.7, it's going to be kind of responsive. So like the kink whips 20.5 with a 13.2 inch chainstay, that would be decent for you. Um, there's a handful of We The People bikes that come in a 20.5 inch top tube and uh 12.75 chainstay if you really do want to go more responsive but where your riding experience is on and that's the other thing that's the other thing is that the 19.5 inch top tube short and the longer chainstay so now we just kind of got longer top tubes and shorter chainstays the wheelbase is close to the same if you stay with like a 20.5 top tube and a 13.2 
uh, chainstay. I mean, I guess it'd technically be a little bit shorter, but but close. So anyway, that's what I'd recommend. Kai says, yo, I think I found a super cheap bike that seems decent for beginners. Uh, in Australia, 120 USD, double wall rims, three-piece cranks, integrated headset. Well, what's the bike? Kai, don't hold out on us. What's the bike? It's like saying, it's like saying, I know how you could get a million dollars and then like not telling you how to get a million dollars. Chuck says, what do you think of Chuck? What's up, Chuck? How you doing? Chuck says, what do you think about tie parts, frame, spokes, cranks for park riding, street riding? I've gone back and forth with tie a lot because initially I would always, um, and I guess that was more when I was more of like a street or no, more of a park focused rider. Like that was always my thing is I just wanted a super light bike. And so Ty was the way to get it. Um, if you have the money and you're really serious about the sport, I think it's a good way to go. Like a lot of the, the top level athletes right now are riding a good amount of Ty, but they're also not paying out of their own pocket to replace it when it breaks. It doesn't hold up as long as you would expect it to or as long as you'd like it to you just get incredible weight savings like the initial argument was always that oh yeah tie is lighter and stronger than chromoly and i don't know if that's necessarily true because i i think tie tends to break a lot more maybe it's just the tie welds are weaker than um than the chromoly welds like tie does it or they're welding it wrong because apparently you're supposed to do it in like a vacuum chamber where there's no no pressure or lots of pressure one of the two anyway i don't know um i just if you have the money and the disposable income to to buy tie and and go crazy you know it the weight savings are there and generally they're on rotational weight like for your wheels and uh and yeah but i think a lot of people think about weight savings like beginner level rider but if i put all titanium on my bike, I'll be a pro level rider in a few months. Like it's not like that. It makes things easier, but I don't, I don't know how to really say it. Like it, it does make things easier, but I don't think it's as drastic as people think it is. It's nice, makes things easier, but it's not going to change your life by any means. Like you still, for a lot of people, I'd say it'd be better to focus on like shaving off weight or cutting down, toning your body, cutting down body weight more beneficial in the long run than replacing everything with tie. It'd also be a lot cheaper. Um, so yeah, if you have a lot of money, go for tie. It's great. Just don't expect it to last way longer than anything else. Um, just that channel says I have stock silver hubs on my bike right now and I want them to be black for the scheme, but I don't want to spend a bunch of money getting new hubs and I don't trust myself painting them. What should I do? Well, it sounds like you, you have the two options, right? Your option one is to buy new black hubs or option two is to paint them. And so you got to pick one of the options. Like that's it. You just got to pick one, you know? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people would do Plasti Dip like in the car world or, you know, Plasti Dip your wheels because then theoretically it peels off and it's still a pain to get off but it does eventually come off like paint. It's a, it's easier to get off than paint. Um, so you could maybe plasti dip them. I don't know how that would work. I, I know around the spokes you, to do it right. You'd take the whole wheel apart and do just the hub. You don't want to spray paint or plasti dip the spokes and you'll miss a lot of spots if you have the spokes on there. Um, so, I mean, that's an option. I, your best option would probably take it somewhere and, uh, see how much it'd be to get powder coated. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they would even do it. I don't know if it'd be worth it. Like if they charge 150 bucks you might as well just get new hubs but powder coating i think is one of the better options it's just better quality you don't have to uh you don't have to spray it yourself and it looks better it looks a lot better but 
Could be expensive. I don't know what people would charge. I know you could probably get frames powder coated for 150, 200. So I doubt the hubs would be that much, especially since it's so small. But I don't know. Some people are, are wild and they're wild in with their prices. I don't know. Raider Al is looking to upgrade some parts on his Ledum. He's upgraded pegs already. Any other parts I can upgrade to shed weight and get down to 25 pounds? Stock was 29.1. There's a, um, yeah, the Ledum's a hefty boy. The Ledum's pretty heavy. Like I said earlier, Raider, I'll definitely look at the tires. Um, look at the stem. If you're okay with spending money, look at the wheels. The I think the wheels will be one of the heavier things on that bike because it comes with a free coaster, but it's not like a, a real high-end granted free coaster is way more than cassettes anyway but it's not a super high-end free coaster so it's going to be more more chunky and the wheels and tires are rotational weight and you can get lighter hoops like if you do custom wheels you can save quite a bit of weight and then i would look at cranks and uh, those are 48 spline cranks are a lot lighter and stronger than the eight spline cranks that come on there and uh those would be the biggest ones for sure. And, uh, and the tires and the stem, of course, but added onto that, like assuming you decent budget to spend, that's what I'd go with. Trail Woman says, what are your thoughts on spoke tightness? Rebuilt front wheels and now on to the back. This is a good question because I don't know. Stuart, did Stuart at trade? Okay. Kirk says better tight than loose. Cool. Did Stuart, uh, I'd be curious what Stuart says, because this is my thought on it get them as tight as you can, but if your spokes are too long, they poke through. And that was always my problem. Recently, when I built up my back wheel twice now, I'd go around and tighten it from the nipple down all the way until the spoke was flush with the nipple. And I'd do that. And then I'd go around with the spoke wrench and just get it like till it felt hand tight. They actually have spoke tension tools so that you can get each spoke to a certain tension. Um, and then they all match and there's a there's an industry standard for it. I don't know what it is, but just kind of like squeeze it with your fingers or tighten it and feel how hard it it's, it's resisting and then say, okay, that's about good. And then try and get them all to that. Uh, they're going to come loose over time. And then you'll want to go back around and tighten them up. But yeah, just like um, Kirk says, better tight than loose. I agree. If they're loose, they, they're creaky and your wheel flexes a lot. You can feel it. Uh, I can a lot when mine's loose and I'm manual. Like I pick up the back wheel. So all that weight's on just the back wheel and it's not spread over the two. And then I turn and I move and, uh, and I can hear the spokes go, and it's not very good. So yeah, definitely more tight than... Hey, what are you guys talking about? Um, the press stem. Is it stems? What are you talking about? Oh, tie two-piece crank. Some of them have been known to slip at the press fit joint. Okay, and then Kirk says the latest is welded and not pressed. Just make sure it's new. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing all that. I had a guy comment recently and he said, what do you think about this guy? I have documentation of shady business practice and he's talking about the guy that makes the RNC. I don't know what he's got going on, but that guy doesn't have the friendliest customer reviews either. So, okay. Name. This is a good question. This is a very good question. He says, Hey Doug, any tips for riding solo? I'm moving and I have no friends now. I mean, you've got your, your community of, of Dougster bobbers, I guess that, um, like would love to see you progress and whatnot. I don't know if you have Instagram, if you have Instagram, connect with your friends on there and that way you guys can still kind of stay in touch. Uh, you could play game of bike over Instagram with them. Just so, so in terms of like not feeling lonely, I'd use social media to, uh, to combat that. So BMX sickness, great Facebook group. You can interact with a bunch of other riders, uh, Instagram, just find people that ride that, that you know, that you ride with and follow 
follow them and interact with them. In terms of like, I don't know, lack of motivation, which is something that happens quite a bit for people who end up not being able to ride with anyone, it's always good to set some goals. So like, I think for you, wasn't fakies one of your things that you wanted to do? Wasn't it a fakie? I don't know. I can't remember, but set your goals. So like, let's say it was fakie. If, if my memory's excellent, um, set that goal for a fakie. And so when you go out to ride, you know that that time you're working on fakies. And so you have something in mind. Um, when you go out to ride a lot of the time out anyone, it's just, I don't know, it's boring. You're sitting there, you don't see anyone doing tricks, so it doesn't spark your motivation. You don't have anyone to interact with. Like for example, when I was in Phoenix at Chandler, this random guy just came up and was like, can I interest you in a game of bike? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess so. Um, because I don't know, I don't normally play bike with people, but anyways, like, sure, whatever. And it was a lot of fun. You know, we, we played, we both got each other to K, uh, but it, but it was a really close game. It was intense. We had different styles. It was fun. Um, and I, and I miss that aspect of it because I ride alone so often. And so when I don't have friends or people to ride with like that, I have to set goals and, uh, and film myself too, to document the progress, which is what you guys see when, uh, when I post those, those videos of my riding progress, like that's me riding alone for the most part. One of them had Kevin in there, um, but I'd say, hey, I want to do this trick and I work on it and I dock and uh, it always feels good to get that. Social media, interact with people like that, set some goals, ride, ride with the purpose of, of achieving those goals. Those would probably be the biggest two tips I have for you name, but good luck. It's, it's, uh, it's tough. Like, it's tough. I definitely feel you. I've moved a handful of times and it's never fun trying to make new friends. But what's really cool about BMX and action sports or just a, a shared hobby in general is that it's really easy to connect with other people who have that hobby. Like you have something in common right off the bat. So if you go to the park and you meet another rider who's close to your skill level, you're going to click with them a lot better. There you go. I, that, that's what I would say, name. Good luck.